Good morning. Welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today, it's my esteemed pleasure to have on a guy we've had on the show before who's really making a great impact on country music. James Robert Webb, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come on today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Man, now, you, you've been, you've been, how you been holding up through all this stuff since the last time we spoke? Uh, I've been doing pretty well. I mean, uh, I've been... Uh, you know, most of my family's been healthy, and uh, that's that's been the main thing. You know, we still got we haven't really lost anybody in our family. Uh, luckily, we've lost a lot of friends, but uh, but so I can't complain on that side. Right, but I have been writing a lot. Yeah, I can tell, brother. You've been laying them out there, man. Congratulations! By the way, good time, good time waiting to happen, man. Is really making a nice mark. Yeah, thanks. We just uh, I just found out today we had. Uh, I think it's it's in the top twenty of most played songs on radio this year, which is pretty cool. And then um, we're, we've had the highest chart ever for us on Billboard. I think it's number thirty four, and it's been like number one as the most played song for like seven weeks in a row, which is like crazy. So I, I you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I'm really grateful that uh, country radio and the fans been responding to this song like this. Yeah, you just came up. You're coming off a great run with uh, "Think About It," which we hit like like five weeks at, at number one. So I mean, that's really cool, man. And you know what? The really cool thing is, I was looking up another group on the international charts that I had on the show and the Radio Gunners, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Wait a minute!" You know, I'm looking at Great Britain, and there you are, right sitting there, right on the top charts too. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Hey, man, I know this brother right here." <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, man, I said, hey, when you're making the international flavor and, you, and you're coming in, that's great. When you hit, you break into the top 20, the top 10, you're in the top five, man, I, I was really happy for you. And I was like, this is really cool. You know, when, you, when you're seeing it spreading out, you know, and, and, the, and the top, you know, 40 and, and, and down hits up and you're jumping up at the top of those charts. It's really cool seeing, you know, people that I've had on the show jump up those charts and keep going. And I think it's really cool in international flavor as well. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen, and uh, you know, all I can do is thank the fans and, and God, and uh, you know, the music. It comes back to, to the music, uh, you know. And so, I've been really lucky to work with Buddy Cannon on this project, and and uh, like I said, you know, the, everybody's responding to it, which I can't be grateful enough for that. Right. What What was the content of uh, you putting together a good time waiting to happen? What was behind the scenes, but you know, you know, I, th- I think for me, uh, you know, I think. On the face of value, Good Time Waiting Happens, you know, love song, you know, right. it's a guy that's, uh, you know, it's a great line of, you know, baby, we're a good time waiting to happen, so what are we waiting for? <laughs> and, but I think also there's kind of a deeper meaning, uh, which I tried to hint on in the video, in the music video that just came out, uh, you know, it's not just about tonight, it's about, you know, one, one it's about, you know, life, and then uh, also right now in 2020, it's got to seem like another meaning is, Everybody's locked locked away in our houses because of this pandemic, and you know, live music's pretty much, uh, for the most part, is is kind of dead. And uh, everybody is waiting for uh, that good time that we'll have when we need <laughs> to go back out there and tour and, and play the arenas and everything. So we are kind of everybody's anticipating not just uh, not just the fans, but uh, all of us out there playing too. Now, and I and I love the video. The video is really cool, and it's. You know, kind of like without giving it away, everybody go check it out on YouTube. But, uh, you know, it's you kind of like overseeing what's going on. And uh, where'd you get the shirt, brother? I dug the shirt. <laughs> that shirt, uh, I, uh, well, I, I might 
somebody might press charges in Memphis. Uh, <laughs> it, looks like, it, looks, it looks like it came from Graceland, right? Right, uh, right. The Jungle Room, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Describe it to our listeners. Uh, James has got this really cool leopard shirt on, and it, leopard print, and it, it is really badass. So, I mean, I love it. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I'll have to get you one. There you go, brother. There you go. <laughs> um, we'll go hang out one night. They'll be like, what the world? <laughs> That's what right. What, what size are you sharp? Pardon me? What size are you sharp? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm a 3X, brother. I'm a big boy, too. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So, I mean, but um, anyway, so, uh, you know, but the, the content of it, I mean, man, I think it's cool. It is. I feel good. Build up. It's almost like Jack and Diane meets... Uh, just really cool, easy Eagles kind of feel with add some other country licks in there as well. And kind of, I think you mix it all together. It's kind of like something like that. Wow, man. Thank you. I, I think that is my favorite description I've ever heard of that. That's so cool. Uh, any, anytime you throw a Jack and Diane in there, uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, I didn't even, I've never even thought about that. So I, I love it because, uh, you know, I love it when you put it out in the world and people hear it and it means different things to them. And uh, what was I, I watching? Uh, what is that song Exploder uh, last night on uh, Netflix? And Trent Reznor, my channel is on there. He says something about, um, what do you say? He, he always hated to hear artists talk about lyrics because uh, always, the artist is always saying, oh, it means this. And I was going through this and blah, blah, blah. And it would, sometimes it ruins a song. I think a little bit of the mystery of you know people making their own interpretation on songs is, is what makes them great, especially like you mentioned the Eagles, like a song like Hotel California. Right. I mean, if you ask, if you ask a thousand people, you'd probably get 998 different uh, explanations of what the song's about. Right. And that's so, if you're lucky. I'm not sure that they know. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Hey, look, every breath you take, people had at weddings and sting. So one day somebody says to him at a wedding, Hey man, you know, him and his wife go. And he says, I'm, I'm going to sing, uh, will you sing to us? And he says, I didn't have the heart to tell him that it's about a stalker. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that song has been interpreted so widely, too, you know, like about satellites or baseball fans or, or whatever. Uh, I actually have, that's, you know, that's another favorite song of mine growing up. I guess I was a budding songwriter even at nine or whenever that was, uh, because I had already kind of like clued into that, like how one of the reasons, I realized that one of the reasons I love that song is it worked in so many different ways. You know, right. that every time I heard it, I heard it a different way. And uh, I remember my dad uh, was riding in the truck with my dad, and, and he heard it. Because at that point, like, everybody in the world had heard it because it was on, like, every station everywhere, right? <laughs> and uh, even though my dad didn't listen, you know, my dad just listened to country. But he said, you know, that guy, my dad, you know, had the insight, too. He said, you know, that guy probably just wrote about his girlfriend. But, you know, that could mean, you know, this and that, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> that 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 is. I mean, you know. I mean, I I didn't realize it until it kind of sounded a little funky, and you listen to it, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I'm watching this interview, going, "Jeez," you know. <laughs> but I mean, the right. question I I didn't ask you last time, and I've kind of started it since. As a singer songwriter, what's your what's your deal with sitting down? You say, "Okay, Tuesday, I'm writing a song." Does the spirit gotta move you? I mean, what's your style, or all the above, or you get hints that just come to you? What's your style, buddy? Well, it's, uh, you know, it comes a lot of different ways. Uh, sometimes it comes as a lyric, sometimes it comes as a melody, sometimes it comes from sitting down the piano and playing something and then, like, doing a variation on it or, or lead you to somewhere else. Uh, so, like, I was, uh, when you 
<laughs> going into this interview, I was writing a song because I had to sit down and I was playing, uh, trying to think of the song. I was playing a song this morning and uh, anyway, I just through kind of playing, you kind of come up with some weird, sometimes you come up with some weird melody or whatever. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the ways that songs get written. So, uh, you know, I had this weird melody that I started writing and then I was going to go uh, come get ready for this interview and uh, then the lyrics start popping in my head. I'm like, Dad, God, come on. You know, I'm sure it's never a convenient time. You know, that, that that's happened how the last time are, you and you know? I got you right out of the studio yeah. the last time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm usually, usually writing. You know, sometimes it's, you know, it's, the way somebody says something, you know, a different way of uh, looking at the world that you hadn't, uh, hadn't thought about. And the lyric idea comes first. Um, and, you know, when I co-write with other people, it's also kind of the same thing. You know, people may come up with a groove or they may have people, you know, we uh, come together and say, we want to compare ideas and feel whatever's in the room that day. So it's, I think music can come from a lot of different ways. And um, I've always, uh, I've always noticed that, artists and writers that I admire usually talk about in different ways. And so I've always been open to that. I, uh, rather than just trying to force it all to come one way. I think if you open yourself up to more lines of inspiration or more ways for the song to come to you, it's, makes them come more frequently. Yeah, and it's funny, you, you go right down the answer. I've asked B.J. Tominus, uh, this, you know, Randy uh-huh. Travis. I've gone down the list, and you fit right, you're right with the rest of the cats talking about that. Um, nobody's coming out with those uh, Lionel Richie, I sit down in five minutes, 20 minutes and write lady deal. I haven't heard one of those answers yet. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Well, so, some, you know, sometimes you sit down and write something like that, but that's uh, few and far between, and I think right. the reason... Uh, you want to you want to write as often, you know if you're a professional writer you want to be writing pretty much every day right maybe take the weekends off or whatever but the reason you do that is you hone your skills at being able to to be ready when one of those songs strikes like lightning and you can write in five or twenty minutes right yeah exactly I mean they're just kind of so I mean and, and the contents of the video man I mean you know really nice I love the country scenery. I love the background of it, kind of like you, you kind of overseeing stuff. I mean, well done on who shot the video. Thank you. That was uh, Mr. Quentin Cook at Glitch Video. He did a great job. And uh, shout out to uh, some great actors there in that. Um, so, yeah, it was just a really cool crew. It was done during the pandemic, actually. It was shot like two weeks after the uh, Think About It video. <laughs> um, you know, so it was shot back in June. Um and so it's kind of interesting. Everything was done, you know, with social distancing and, and all that stuff. And we had a minimal crew shooting it too. I mean, we were like four, there was me and like four other people, you know, at a time. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting stories behind that. And, and the other thing that's kind of funny when I look at it is I look at the Think About It video and then I look at that video and that's two weeks later. And I've lost about, I think, 20 pounds in between because I started keto <laughs> right after that. Yeah, and I saw that because, you know, you and I are friends on social media, too, you know, and we text occasionally and whatnot, and I just was like, man, brother, you you, you lost a Backstreet Boy. You know what I mean? You know? That's, right. That's right. Exactly. My, my wife says I lost a small child. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I think part of that journey started because even in the Think About It video, you know, I was kind of my heaviest, but at the, that point, I just kind of had decided to accept myself, you know, and to uh, try to love myself despite, uh, you know, for the good parts of me, you know? Right. And, um, so I think you can probably see in the performance in both those videos, if there's a, you know, 
probably a little bit more genuine. Maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes you can tell. It just seems a little bit more authentic to me for whatever reason. There's just kind of some changes in my life this year. I'm having to reflect with the pandemic and having more time on your hands and being with your family and uh, kind of going back to Right. Yeah. I mean, and absolutely for sure. People say, man, they said they lost the, the COVID-19. So, well, hell, I found it, man. You know what I mean? You know, I definitely, yeah. I, I definitely got to start hitting the gym myself. Um, I, I'm going to do it right after the New Year's. I'm literally making it New Year's deal. It is. And, you know, of course, but here's the thing, man. And congratulations on that. I mean, I'm glad I'm going I'm to I'm talk to you another day about how that keto working for you, you know, and how you feel about it and stuff. But um, so it's, it's working pretty good for you. Uh, you know, I've struggled with weight my entire life. I mean, I can remember being eight and, uh, you know, and being overweight. And uh, uh, I've tried literally everything out there other than surgery. And uh, keto for me has been the easiest thing. Uh, it's not super, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but as far as for weight loss, it's been the easiest thing. Psychologically, you have to stick with anything you're doing. And, uh, Really, all of this, I think I'm down to, I think I've lost 70 pounds, and it's all really without exercise uh, for me. I kind of did that just to kind of prove to myself that I could, <laughs> that, you know, you can do it even without exercise uh, right. for people. And then, because a lot of people, you know, because when you're, when the larger people are, the harder it is for them to exercise, the more painful and things like that. Uh, but as you start losing weight and being healthier and, and uh, being more active, you kind of naturally become more active, and that kind of also helps helps you along, you know. Because right. I'm, you know, I'm I'm in that Priscilla Block uh, fan club of you know, <laughs> where they have extra fries and exercise, you know. So I, I get that, and uh, there's you know, um, so there's no uh, at some point, you know, it's better to accept you know some things that you're probably never going to change, and then try to work around them. Right? So. Uh, but yeah, keto, I mean, I don't try, I'm not trying to oversell it, but, um, you know, I've, I've done everything. I've done Atkins before. I lost a lot of weight after medical school with Atkins, uh, but I kept hitting plateaus and, uh, with keto has been the easiest thing for me. And honestly, that probably isn't going to work for everybody. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, it probably has to do with my metabolism a lot. I never got the keto flu. So, you know, I can go into into keto without, you know, feeling sick or anything like that. So it's right. a little bit easier for me on that side. Well, I mean, and, I, and of course, we suggest everybody you talk to your doctors and everything else it is before you do any of these things. But I wanted I wanted to know your take on it. And I appreciate you sharing. And I'm sure to help somebody out there, give them a little bit of confidence to check into it, even even at least. And and like I said, I mean, I've, I've seen the results, you know, I mean, uh, I'm like, damn, man, you know, you, you're working hard at this. And I mean, and I'm proud of you, buddy. That's congratulations on you. getting yourself, you know, you know, back and kind of fighting shape, so to speak. And. You know, I'm sure it helped your wind and stuff with singing too, right? Absolutely, absolutely, man. I, I tell you, in the performance and everything else, uh, you know, it, there's so many things that go along with that. Not just uh, the ability to perform and, and physicality and everything, but the confidence as well. Because uh, I always, you know, I've always kind of been a, a show showman kind of right. person. But I've when I'm overweight, I'm kind of like very self-conscious and don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to move around too much and, you know, cause I don't like the way I look or, or whatever. So it's having to learn to be accepting of that. Cause otherwise you just have to, uh, you know, it is all about the music. I mean, it's not about me, right? I mean, fans don't, fans don't care if they like, if they like the song, they like me, if I'm, you know, 
350 pounds or if I'm, you know, 250 or whatever. Right. Um, it's, you know, we all, just like everybody else, uh, just like every other human being on the planet, we think it's about us. Right. Well, but when it, comes to, when it comes to music, it's, it's the, the communal experience. Right. Well, your voice didn't change. Like when Luther Vandross was very heavy, I loved Luther's sound heavier than I did light. And I mean that with the most respect because Luther was great. Sure. But I, but I mean, right. his voice went a lot higher when he got lighter, you know, and, yeah. and your voice didn't change like that. <clears throat> you still have mine, that. Mine has deeper. a. Yeah, it also comes at a time for me when I'm, you know, getting to know my instrument of my voice better. Because uh, I only started singing about eight years ago. Uh, so That's crazy by um, itself, man. You is, told me that on the show. And, and I just, you know, when you first came on before, I was like, that's crazy to think that where you've been yeah. like eight, eight, nine years, that's nuts. But that, you know, that also goes to show, uh, you know, the uh, lack of confidence or uh, being afraid or whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, the vulnerable part of you that uh, doesn't want to risk uh, exposing itself, I guess. Uh, you know, I was always in music, but I never really sang because I didn't, I guess I didn't like my voice at the time. But uh, when I started writing, you you know, you kind of have to sing. Right. You're going to get the point across. <laughs> and that's really when I first discovered my voice and, uh, and, um, been lucky to work with a lot of different people to help me and vocal coaches and producers and uh, getting to the point now where I'm fairly comfortable in it. And I know, you know, I expected to continue to, to get better with playing this instrument. You know, that's, that's how I think of it because you know, you have to find out different things you can do with your instrument and because uh, certain things, I mean, not everybody's Elvis or Adele. I mean, there's right. certain things that you can't do with your with your voice. Yeah, I, I, I ain't touching none of those keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We don't want to, exactly. Maybe we should be up in that range uh, and we should stick to the, the wheelhouse. Right, exactly. Now, yeah, what do you yeah. suggest to the, to the singer-songwriters out there that maybe don't have the most polished voice, but, you know, and, it, and it's hard, like you said, you know, to present your own songs out there. It's really hard for you because you have to sell them yourself. What do you suggest to them, you know, James is, is, is an object of, you know, being able to do so because, you know, some of the songwriters aren't very good singers. Well, that's true. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of songwriters, uh, write these beautiful, amazing songs that are sung by, you know, crazy, amazing. Yeah. Not everybody's voices, Carol King. You like know, Darth or... Brooks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but then you also have to remember that, um, people respond to the song as well. And I always, uh, when I started singing, uh, I was really into uh, Leon Russell. Right. And uh, was and still am really heavily into Willie Nelson. And those are two guys that I think uh, have characteristic, unusual voices. And Absolutely. basically, it's, it's love it or hate it for people. Right. You know, uh, there's really no in between on, on the fans because those guys uh, both were true to who they were as writers and, and artists. Um, so I always think, you know, even, so what if you don't have a classic smooth Elvis voice or whatever? Right. Um, you know, if you, you know, it's the song that matters really. So, but if you do want to uh, do things to get better, I've had uh, a lot of writers that I work with that have, you know, have voiced this and actually done a lot of work on their own to, to improve their voices because they want to be able to carry a tune as it were. And plus it helps you get your idea across when you're composing 
um, you know, it's really just practice and you can work with vocal coaches, but uh, I think just kind of just basic practice, just uh, like sit down with an instrument, like you have a piano or something and try to match the tone. You know, part of it is just, you know, get having your pitch not wavering as much uh, and just kind of practice trying to sing in tune. If you can't hear, hear tune, that's one thing, but most songwriters can usually kind of hear tune. Right. You know, hear pitch. Now, now I'm going to ask you. There's a few. I'm, go ahead, I'm sorry, forgive me. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Now, gonna, I appreciate that. I, I think in a lot of a lot of some of the people maybe have don't have the confidence out there. This might help them a bunch as well. Now, outside of outside of work, man, you're working so hard. What have you been doing as a guilty pleasure, brother, to to kind of you know get the time away? What's what's been your deal? You Netflixing it, family time, all the above. What you doing, man? Uh, it's kind of all of the above. Uh, you know, we just went through a major remodel in our house because we had a uh, plumbing issue uh, early in the spring. And uh, so, my unfortunately, my studio, my piano, and everything has been out in storage. I'm just getting it back in, so I'm really uh, excited about that. So, yeah, kind of all of the above with everything else. I mean, Netflix. Uh, I've been watching Twin Peaks lately because uh, I I was kind of big, you know, 30 years ago. Like trying to figure out why was it so cool. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> But you're still watching it, brother. <laughs> I'm still watching it. I kind of like have to. It's kind of like, uh, even if I'm not really, well, I don't know. Sometimes if I'm in the middle of something, I'll say, this is not worth my time, and I'll stop watching it. Right. You know, I've done that on a few series. But uh, I think Twin Peaks is weird enough uh, that it's there's so much surrealism and just kind of uh, bizarre things in it and uh, kind of making fun of like the soap opera tropes and stuff that, uh, right, right. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that kind of keeps my interest. Cause I think visually it's, it's interesting. So, so now as we're, coming um, up on the, we're coming up on the Christmas times. I got to ask you a couple things here, man. One, a, any particular, sure. uh, great, uh, Christmas, um, you know, things that you guys do around the house. That's a, it's a has to every year, you know, traditions. Yeah, you know, we watch uh, a lot of holiday movies. And so for me, uh, I think my favorite holiday movie, which is probably in the top five of my favorite movies of all time, is probably Elf. <laughs> You're the second person. Uh, two days in a row. Elf, yeah. Elf it, it came right out of the charts. I don't know. Elf is the one that I can watch uh, over and over. We used to watch Christmas Vacation, but it's... Uh, We've watched it so much, I've kind of gotten tired of it. You know, right. almost a lot of a lot of the other movies I get kind of tired of. But uh, the movie that we watched last night, uh, I kind of watched it like very mindful and uh, attentive without my phone and everything. And um, <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever really done that before. It was White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and, oh, yeah. and uh, Rosemary Clooney and everything. Great movie, and of course the. You know, the, the songs were by Irving Berlin, like all of them. So, uh, who's, you know, one of my heroes as a composer. Soundtrack's amazing, yeah. You, but, you get the whole package right there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to that kind of, uh, uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of things in that movie, like uh, the whole Madonna material girl thing, I think comes from that, uh, <laughs> from a scene in there. I mean, there's a lot of uh, just iconic scenes uh, in there that are just very interesting from a, Cinemata- what is it? cinematography standpoint. Yes. You're just the visual arts of, uh, of filmmaking. It's kind of cool. That's very cool. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, you know, my art, my girls love baking, like they're baking cookies. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm going like, hold my crucifix up to the cookies with being on keto. But, uh, we're going, you know, we're also kind of wondering what's, what's going to happen with uh, Christmas. Uh, we're going back and forth because, you know, both of our, 
my wife and my mother both have health issues and we don't want to we put them un, under any uh, right any undue risk with COVID. And so, uh, but then there's also the pull that our, our parents want us to come see them and all that. So we don't know uh, which, which side is going to win out. Yeah, so that's a real, <laughs> but that's we a do know battle, it'll be a, yeah, but it'll, uh, you know, so we're struggling with those decisions like everybody else, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel is right for you. Uh, because right. the, gov- the government's right. not my savior. Pardon me? The government's not my savior, so I decide what's right for me. Yeah, you got to look in the mirror with who you're going to protect your family with every day, man. I agree 100%. Yes. Um, now, okay, so this is this is a question I've asked everybody. Um, it, Die Hard, is it a Christmas movie, yes or no? <laughs> Have a... Uh, <clears throat> Kaye, absolutely, <laughs> blankety blank it is. Uh, we watched that the night before last. <laughs> and <clears throat> actually, we got into that because my son is a big fan of the Goldbergs, and that's a there's a recurring thing on the Goldbergs uh, show with that too. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know. That. Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's definitely a Christmas movie, and so so then I'll turn it back around to you. Uh, so Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is that a Christmas movie? Uh, you know, I'm going to get shot for this, and me and my friend Tamara go back. Tamara Ventard, the actress, go back and forth on this all the time because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, and and I, and oh. I had to sit down and watch all of them one weekend, and I, I said it sucked my will to live. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's not. You know, no. Okay, all right, all right. And Die Hard is is. Um, I think I think somebody said it today is a, is a, is a Christmas action movie because then you could say Rocky yeah. Five is a you know a Christmas movie or or all the Rockies are because they're released at Christmas time or or whatever but you know and it had Christmas in it but um, I I don't know I, I I asked it you know and I kind of think it's like this draws a horror movie you know I mean yeah or is a suspense that's where I pulled it up from I started just asking it and it's been going along and you've actually made a comeback because of the fact that it was it was one out of four guests that I've had on this in the last week had never seen, uh, four of them had never seen it, uh, three of them had never seen out of four. And I, I was like, oh my God, yeah. they had never seen Die Hard. So, um, yeah. you, you know, and then yesterday I had a guest that sit there and said, she said, yeah, it is. And then you come back with, we just watched it the other night. So I'm like, finally it's making a comeback at least. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you know, my wife, I, I saw it a long time ago and hadn't seen it in a long time, but then my wife, it last last year she said it was the first time to see it so so i guess this was her second time to see it last night right well and then you look at die hard 2 and sit there and say well die hard 2 is right at christmas everybody's going home during christmas and you're playing christmas that's right games. you know so yeah so well, it, yeah it, it that's was true kind of one of those things i figured i'd ask you and throw it by to you and uh you know see, see what yeah. you said into us so right on brother i love that um will you, will you, will you talk about a, a christmas action movie is there a christmas horror movie maybe because that's kind of krampus i may be more into that Krampus. Krampus. Oh yeah, I just I'm watched that for the first time the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that again. I should have had you on at Halloween, doggone it. <laughs> 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 Next year, remind me. You know, we'll, we'll text us. Hey man, Halloween's love, coming up. Hey, I love all holidays. Any any day you can take off or do something goofy is a good day for me. Right on, buddy. I hear that. Now, what do you got coming up, my friend? Oh man, um, so. My next show is in Vianne, Oklahoma, on the 9th of February. We're kind of uh, 
that's kind of on I-40. So I've got a, you know, some little shows around here, even though we're trying to uh, minimize what we're doing. Uh, and then I've been in the studio uh, quite a bit, actually working on a piano project. Ooh, how's that working for you? And, yeah, it's working pretty well. So uh, just trying to do different things as a producer and an artist out there. Uh, as I write with a lot of, you know, pop and rock artists and things outside. But for me, like when it comes to country, I, I like my country to be country, you know. Oh, yeah, you definitely, you <laughs> even definitely though, are. Even though the genres are, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just kind of more of the same, continuing writing, looking at uh, you know, these other side projects and hoping, hoping to get in the studio again with Buddy here pretty soon, uh, working on the next big project. Are we, and, do we have a yeah, just out looking soon? to see what's going to happen this year. Do you, do, know, do you know when your next single's coming out? Um, after this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know we're still kind of riding, we're riding high on it, so that's what we're uh, that's what we're looking for looking towards right now. It's uh, it's uh, there's a couple of songs on the album that we're we're looking at, uh, and so if you've got strong opinions or if uh, fans out there have strong opinions, make sure they message me and uh, tell us what tell us what they want to hear because we do definitely take that into account. But I don't know. Part of me wants to release a ballad, but uh, the radio people are like, never don't ever release a ballad for an independent artist. I no. I, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I understand that part. Um, cause, yeah. cause it can be rough, but I don't know, man. I think you could do it, man. With the right song. I, th- right. I think you could do very well at it. I mean, you know, really, you. I, I, I mean that with the right song, you know, it have to be that fit, and it have to be something that you could that wouldn't date you. You know, that right? Date absolutely. You. And uh, that that's my opinion on, it, and I think that you'd kick ass at it. I mean, just just yeah. figure out the right one, pal, and you know, and and then then go to it and say, hey man, look, you know, I'm doing all these ones that you want. Now give me this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. You well, know, your radio is radio is so funny uh, for country music because. Um, you know, radio is its own world, and you know, radio is disappearing on on one side, but at the same time, it's still alive and well, and not going away anytime soon. But it's uh, starting to become dwarfed by you know streaming and everything online. So when you're promoting a single to radio, people don't realize it. That, that might be like you know five months right. uh, that, that you're on it. So really, but to have success on Spotify, you need to be releasing something like every, every month. <laughs> and that's so, crazy. Uh, you, you it, can't imagine the way you and I grew up that, you know, you would pump out. I mean, Jesus, if you took Elvis's career and you did it that way, he'd have like 11 billion instead of 2 billion sold. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine if, uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I, I don't know who it, if this is still true, but a couple of years ago, I heard like uh, the num- the number one most streamed song from before the year two thousand. Do you know what it is? You know, I heard this, and I'm I'm trying to think. Fire at me, man! You got you got the entire world in history. You know, hundred year history of recorded music, right? You know, uh, Elvis and the Beatles and everything else. The, the most streamed song was Wonderwall, I think, by Oasis. It was an Oasis song. What? <sighs> yeah. Did probably you bump your head, head, like James, a, you bump your head this morning. Had, <laughs> no, it probably, you know, that's what happens is it's all about, you know, film and TV placement now. Because nobody knows, you know, a lot of these kids don't know the Beatles catalog. And sure, nobody knows, like, who Cole Porter is or yeah, that's, you know, that's somebody from the, from the 20s or whatever. 
Well, you, well, you, yeah. well, you know, there's yeah. that, that, that controversial thing when Kanye had Sir Paul McCartney on stage and it was like 100,000 fans. Oh, yeah. oh, look at that. He's he's giving an old man a chance. I'm like, are you ribbing me? There's over 2 billion yeah. sold with Elvis. There's 1.5 billion sold with the Beatles. There's Michael with a billion sold. Yeah. And there's everybody else. He's giving him a chance. Right. Uh, you know, not against Kanye, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes, you know, people are just short-sighted. We, we know, you know, we all just know what we, you know, what's right at the end of our noses for the most part, right? And uh, I think they did the same thing. I heard the same thing going around when Post Malone had Ozzy Osbourne on that uh, Take What You Want From Me song. And oh, yeah. Oh, that Ozzy guy, Ozzy guy, he might have a, a shot. <laughs> Bless his heart, he's trying, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Ozzy had like a reality show, didn't he? Like you know, like then the Osborne. Right. Yeah. Exactly. People. I mean, that's that just shows our attention span today. You know, like that show what, was maybe ten years, five years ago, or whatever, and and so nobody knows him anymore. <laughs> yeah, Josh Josh Turner did that the other day with Randy Travis on his on his TikTok. He sit there and says, "Am I here with this young upstart?" named Randy Travis, <laughs> you know, and I, I did just kill oh. me because, you know, Randy's got that snicker about him, you know, and I was just, you know, it just, oh, yeah. like, so I'm here with this new upstart, you know, he's making it up to working his way up the music charts now, you know, Mr. Randy Travis, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, like, you might. no, no, go ahead. That's, it was just kind of funny just watching him snicker at that, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Randy's got such a funny sense of humor, you know, you're laughing at that, but yeah, I was just like, yeah, go Go check out this artist. I mean, he's got some of the best songs. I can't imagine what's going to happen when the world hears all these songs. You know? <laughs> like, on the other hand, and forever and ever, amen. Like, you, somebody goes and discovers Randy Travis, and they're like, their mind is blown. Right. You know? uh, exactly. If you've never heard it before. I mean, those are some of the greatest exactly. songs so in country real music. Quick, real quick before we wind up, and I'll let you get back in the studio, man. What is, you know, tell, tell just a couple of the influences that were some of the people that, you know, you kind of, you know, worked with, I mean, did, did you pull, put your head together when you were growing up, what you listened to? Oh, man, uh, you know, as a little kid, I think my first, I have to think of like the Columbia House days, which, you know, I'm definitely dating myself there. Uh, <laughs> 400, uh, 400 think, CDs my, for a penny. <laughs> exactly right. I, I think somewhere there's some private investigator still trying to track me down to, to pay for those. <laughs> Don't put my uh, name in there either. <laughs> There's a, there's a lean on my uh, on my parents' farm, probably, uh, if they ever try to sell it. Uh, I think, you know, one of the first albums that, you know, I, I got a lot of that stuff from from, uh, from what I grew up with, but I think one of the first albums that I got from, uh, it was from Columbia House that I just, like, loved and still listen to this day is Synchronicity by the Police. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, because Gordon Sumner is such an amazing songwriter. Uh, I When I was little, my parents had a, like those old consoles with the with the wired coiled headphones, the big yes. black headphones, you know, that yes, people listen to, like those. producers listen to right now. Yeah, I would sit there when I was three or four, and yeah, they had a record player and had the the, the radio, and it also had an eight track. And my mom had an eight track of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. And so I think that's a lot of the early formative stuff that I heard when I was like super young, uh, which I think Rumors, you know, you talk about best selling albums, that's just a. Uh, crazy good album uh, you know I rolled around I can remember my dad listening to Marshall Tucker band and um, he'd always play it on repeat I thought I honestly you know looking back I would have thought that uh, Fire on the Mountain was a multi-week number one because it was like always planned <laughs> my dad stuck <laughs> uh, <laughs> around forever um, didn't it man <laughs> yeah and 
And I just, I've always just had a very diverse uh, love of music from just, it, to me, it's like Quincy Jones says, it's either good or bad music, you know, so I, I love uh, great music, so I, I listen to everything. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you know, from Steely Dan to Nine Inch Nails to Randy Travis, I mean, it's just, uh, if it's if it's amazing, it's amazing. Uh, I think a lot of the last, uh, a lot of my inspiration lyrically is people that we talked about, like you mentioned the Eagles. I think right. it's hard. It's hard to look at the Eagles songs, how perfectly crafted they are, and lyrics and the stories and everything else. That's a uh, you know that's that's, that's a pinnacle that I don't, I don't think has been reached again. No, that's mastery at its best. I mean, that's that's it, like it is. The, Eagle, yeah. the Eagles, the Beatles. You put those things together. You know, you, you, right. even the CCR stuff. You put that stuff together. That's the best of the best right there. CC, I mean, CCR, I mean, there's a place that I'm going, you know, just as fast as my feet can fly. I mean, uh, you know, the eloquent mix of uh, a song and, and also being poetic in it uh, is not an achievement that many people have pulled off. I, I think uh, John Fogarty is definitely one of them. Dylan is one. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, that just it just continues to inspire. I think, you know, like my favorite era of country was the 90s. You know, and I think one of the reasons is the music was great, you know, musically and great groove and, and melodies and everything, but the lyrics were, you know, oh, yeah, some just great, a, yeah. another pinnacle. Yeah, you know, from Ronnie Dunn and Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson, you know, all of his lyrics were just amazing. Right. Definitely. And I think that's where, and they took, you could see they drew their influences from all these people, you know, just different periods of time Absolutely. and made something new. Yeah, I, I I like that. That's that's true. I like that. Last question: If we put yourself in a way back machine, who would you record with? Who would I record with? Way, way back, back machine, machine, man. You went, you reached way back. Any time in time, you know, music. Who would you record with? Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, maybe a Count Basie Orchestra. <laughs> nice. Somebody like that, or Ella Fitzgerald. If I could do it like a duet with Ella Fitzgerald, that would really make me sound like crap. <laughs> 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 I'd really point out the imperfections in my voice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many people living and 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 passed on that you uh, that would love to work with. It. It's really hard to give me, give choose. Me one or but two uh, I think give me one or two today. Yeah, one or two today. I mean, if I was going to do uh, so, I, what I'm trying here's what the artist. I mean, I have to be honest. As an artist, I want to pick the one that's going to give me the best edge for my career. Right? You know. <laughs> But uh, on the flip side, uh, you had to really think of who who would you want to work with. Um, I think you know if I was writing, I'd want to write with Willie Nelson probably, or uh, or Ronnie Dunn, or Garth Brooks. Uh, if I was doing a project, you know, if I was singing with somebody, uh, you know, probably maybe Adele. Nice, nice. I have yeah, to again. Yeah. It have to be the right song. It have to be the right song, right fit, right, right fit. And and you know and then uh, you know I, I think you'd you'd encourage her and your to bring her more into your world and you dabble in hers yeah. would, would would be the mixture. That's right. We could do like a soul western swing kind of song or something. Right, right, right. Man, it, it is, it, I, I love that, man. It has been wonderful having you on. I appreciate you coming back on, man. And and it's always a pleasure. And oh, by the way, I wanted to make. By the way, "Making Love Tonight" was a fantastic song. By the way, I think you should, you know, do a remake, Thank you. bring that back forward. I, I was at your YouTube's on running through the other day, and I said, "This is man, that's a great song." That's like five, six years ago, but it was a great song. 
Thank you. I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of great songs in the catalog. It's just as an independent artist, it, uh, it never comes to uh, mainstream national attention. And I think if we ever have a shot, then that's definitely one of the songs on the list that we'll uh, be redoing, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's kind of... That's kind of the, the thing for an independent artist at this point. You know, we're getting in the in Billboard in the 30s, and it can't be you know, can't be too long before I'm partnering with the label, at least on the on this kind of distribution step to get the music out there to a wider audience. Right. Uh, well, because, congratulations on. I mean, you know, look, look, think about it. it's a great song, man. I mean, it's really good you. now. Good time waiting to happen is really rocking it out there, man. I mean, you've done a hell of a job with, with it, and you, and you keep working hard, man, because, I mean, you're on the international charts. You're, you're on, on, on the charts in the United States. I mean, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to keep moving forward, buddy. I mean, you know, just keep it up and keep up the great work because you're, you're doing a hell of a job. Well, thank you. I mean, in, in the end of the day, it's just about making music. You know, it's just about doing the best you can with uh, writing the best song and uh, getting it out there to the fans because, uh, and, you know, it's not about fame or or even chart numbers. Although the you know chart numbers definitely help in getting you, uh, getting other people to discover you and stuff. But for me, you know, the end the, the end all be all for music is just trying to to be true to myself and making the best song that's that I can. And because that's if I focus on how I do it, I'm not going to do it like anybody else. Right? That, that's so. true. That's true. I like that. Where can everybody find you on social media and buy your music, buddy? Oh, it's extremely difficult. Uh, it's all uh, James Robert Webb. So jamesrobertwebb.com. If you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, it's it's all James Robert Webb, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-B-E-R-T-W-E-B-B. And if you can't handle that, just go to your search engine, what, Google or whatever, and just search James Robert Webb. And like the first 200 things, go to <laughs> my socials and stuff. So. You're like me. You There's some occasional the arrest way. records. Pardon me? Occasional arrest records or something like that. But <laughs> right. So you're like me, you couldn't have found a longer name, really? <laughs> it's weird, you know, as long of a name as it is, it's kind of weird that, like, when I get these news alerts, like, I'll get, like, oh, James Robert Webb passed away. Like, there's, like, a bunch of James Robert Webb that die every day or that are arrested and things. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Uh, across the U.S. So. <laughs> Look, man, Lifebox Media Channel Radio I haven't podcast. done either of those. <laughs> right on. Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. It's a pleasure today having James Robert Webb on. You go check out his brand new song, Good Time Waiting to Happen. It's out there rocking the charts right now. Thank you so much, my friend. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. Thank you so much, man. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you, man. Take care. Lifebox Media Channel, right, we are out.